Hey guys, it's Leisha and Kenny here, and welcome to another episode of Not Me, Not Today podcast. Hello, and hello to everyone, wherever you are in the world. Do you know what week this is? It's our 10th episode. It certainly is. We've actually got listeners in over 26 different countries across six continents now, and we just want to thank all of you for listening to the pod each week and all the support. Thanks guys, we're really feeling the love. So now that's all done, I've got a question. Leisha, what's the story? Today's story is about Bethany Hamilton. She was just 13 years old when she was attacked by a shark. The first time I ever read about this story was in an Avon catalogue magazine when I was about 14 years old myself. Because she was my age at the time, I was hooked on this story. I hope you all enjoy it. Sounds good. Let's do this. Bethany Hamilton was born February 8th, 1990, in Hawaii to her parents, Tom and Sherry Hamilton. She had two older brothers, Noah and Timothy. Bethany's whole family were surfers. They ate, slept, and breathed the ocean. Her parents were diehard surfers who felt the ultimate dream was to be able to surf with your kids. And they made darn sure to work hard and create that dream for their family. When she was a young child, around six or seven, her father would push her along on the waves on his board. Her brothers used to push her along on their boards too, and she loved it. She eventually caught her first wave, and that was a turning point for Bethany. Once she caught her first wave and realised she could do it herself, she was off. She loved it. It was all she wanted to do, and with that love came a natural talent that just blossomed from there. They would often spend time together as a family on the water. But as time went on, Bethany became more serious about surfing, and wanted to do it as a profession if she could. So, she was still pretty young like nine years old, and they got a video camera to capture her surfs so she could watch them later and improve her technique. Wow, at nine years old, that is impressive. It's like Olympic-style training. Isn't it just? But if you're going to be champion, well, then I guess you start them off young. It really built her confidence. She was almost part mermaid. She spent every waking, non-schooling moment in the water with a surfboard. Her parents worked two to three jobs to keep bills paid and food on the table. She felt confident and independent. Her parents also helped to foster that in her, allowing her to surf pretty much to her heart's content. Well, that takes so much focus and ambition and so much physical effort. And it's something she wants to do, so I can't imagine a better way of fostering that. And in Hawaii, that's like a dream for most people. Isn't it just? And she was only eight years old when she decided to become a professional surfer. Wow, eight years old. And her best friend Alana basically described Bethany as an adrenaline junkie. Bethany would be out looking for waves to surf, out paddling the adults that surrounded her. There was nothing stopping this girl. Bethany met Alana when they were just eight years old. They were virtually inseparable from the day they met. So when Bethany went surfing, Alana went along too. And although she admitted to being absolutely terrified at times, she did it anyway because Bethany led the way. She finally found Coach Russell. Coach Russell met Bethany when he was doing a surfing lesson on the beach near the pier. Bethany's dad asked if he could coach her and if she could be part of his surfing team. Coach Russell happily agreed and almost instantly Alana wanted to be on it too. Again, he agreed. Bethany lapped it up. If he set drill runs up and down the beach, Bethany led the way. Fitness drills, Bethany was front and centre. She knew whatever he was going to give her would make her a better surfer. So she was going to do it all. She couldn't get enough of it. 
She'd ask him for more runs and extra drills. That's so impressive as a kid. Yeah, like 10 years old. That is some ambition. I can tell you one thing, you won't get me asking for extra drills. I probably didn't even ask for the first set. <laughs> and with that commitment came some payoffs. She beat all the boys years older than her, which as a 10-year-old girl gives you some serious street cred. And she loved it. She began to enter competitions and by the end of the first year, she won nearly every competition she entered. And with that came even more excitement. She got sponsored by the leading surf brand Rip Curl at 11 and was doing small interviews. She was part of a team of female surfers. There was also a really large social circle that came with all the surfing and competitions. Bethany got to meet other surfers from other islands and their families and got to mingle and socialise. It became a whole new way of life. And what a way of life. I know, right? Sounds incredible. She quickly became the one to beat. She was leading the way and began to make a serious name for herself. She was lining herself to become a pro and world champion. So naturally, any surfer movie contains sharks. They are the big bad. This story, as I mentioned before also contains sharks. I was looking forward to the part where you were going to talk about sharks. <laughs> sharks, we know, have a bad reputation. And in some instances, rightfully so. But they're also not quite the serial killers we're made out to believe either. I just want to here give a few shark facts to put some of this into perspective. So, about 80 people a year are attacked by sharks. Is that globally? Yes. It's only 16 in the US and most of those come from California, Texas, the Carolinas and Hawaii. Most of them are unprovoked and have been people mistaken for floating snacks. You are in fact more likely to die by vending machine than you are sharks. Oh, not those killer vending machines. <laughs> it's for those cases of them falling on top of you or it's late night on a bank holiday in the office, you fancy a snack but you've no change so you stick your arm up inside and your colleagues return to find you dead. They're the killer vending machine experiences I meant. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> so shark attacks are not common. Also, since we're talking about Hawaii, I'll give you a few facts there about shark attacks. Since 1828, there have been 116 shark attacks and only eight deaths, which with it being almost 200 years, they're pretty decent odds. So surfers are aware of sharks, but they also know they're rare. I mean, it's rarer if you're not in the ocean every waking minute, but still rare. But Friday, October 31st, 2003, Bethany went out for a swim and a surf with Alana and Alana's father. The weather was great. The water was warm and blue. It was to be just like any other day. Oh, it always starts off that way. Doesn't it? So they headed out for a swim, going to a place called Tunnels Reef. It was a well-known surf spot. She was minding her own business on the board, arm dangling in the water, when all of a sudden, there was a violent tug. Instinctively, Bethany grabbed onto her board. The shark had bitten her and disappeared. It was a big bite. It took not only her arm, but a chunk out of her surfboard too. Ouch. Yeah. The bite was the upper part of her left arm, just beyond the shoulder. She was left with a shredded stump that bled profusely. Alana was right beside her when it happened. Something that traumatised her for life, and I'll touch on it again in a minute or two. Bethany, surprisingly enough, kept her cool after the bite. She was the one who informed them. She actually had to say, a shark bit me. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was evident with all the blood and a missing arm and a bite mark on the board, but it happened so quickly. Do you know what kind of shark it was? I do. It was apparently a tiger shark, but it was found about two days after the bite, five miles east of the incident. 
the size of the mouth fit the surfboard mark, and also bits of surfboard stuck in its teeth? Probably a dead giveaway. Haha, <laughs> did it actually have surfboard in its teeth? According to three different articles, it did. It was a big boy too. 13 feet and 1,500 pounds, which to us Europeans is 680 kilos. That's your big boy. <laughs> so when she was bitten, she remained remarkably calm and let other surfers know that there was a shark in the water. This was because she felt no pain. Alana and her dad helped Bethany paddle back to shore on her board, which looked like a half-eaten Jaffa cake. When they finally reached the beach, Bethany stayed calm but began to go into hypovolemic shock. But Alana's father took the leash from her surfboard and used it as a tourniquet on the shredded stump. She was then rushed to Wilcox Memorial Hospital, which is about 38.5 miles, but around the coast of the island of Kauai. By the time she'd reached the hospital, she'd lost 60% of her blood and the stump was numb. Wow, I can't believe she's just 13. I know, it's crazy. So there's also a little random side fact here. Bethany's father was in hospital due to be operated on that morning when Bethany's accident caused her to take his operating theatre. Oh wow, so that was true in the movie. Yes, it was. I was sceptical, but it was true. What Kenny and I are talking about is the movie Soul Surfer that we watched for a bit of fun before we got stuck into this story. Yeah, in the movie it happened all so quickly. I missed the actual bite. Uh, but yeah, you do question these movies sometimes. Definitely. I mean, look at the Yuliani Cupcake film. That was a movie and quite far from the truth. Also, I just want to say I didn't actually use any of the movie as research in the making of this episode. I just watched it because I thought, why not? It'll get me in the flow. Anyways, the attack changed her life. It was a blow to the family who feared Bethany would have to give up on the dream of becoming a professional surfer. And it was a pretty big blow to her too. It was a big shock and a life adjustment for everyone. But interesting part here, because there's a big community of surfers, there was someone to offer Bethany hope. This guy was a few years older than Bethany and had been bitten by a shark six years prior. He lost his leg. He knew exactly what Bethany was going through and was there to offer some words of encouragement and inspiration. He told her that it wasn't over yet. It was about to get really difficult, but not impossible. She doesn't have to say goodbye to her dream. He still surfed. She would just have to learn to paddle with one arm and push up with one arm. Oh, she has to. She just loves it so much. I know. So, within six days of being in the hospital, Bethany had made up her mind. She was going to get back on that board and continue her dream of becoming a professional surfer. So inspirational, especially for someone so young. It might be even more inspirational. It's amazing. So, Bethany came home and tried to continue on in her life, adjusting to the harsh new reality of having only one arm. Her family tried to help where they could, but Bethany, being the determined young lady she was, was going to learn to do things on her own. She had to learn how to do nearly everything again. Simple tasks like putting on her bikini, doing up buttons on jeans, cutting and preparing food. But she accepted the challenge and she knew that eventually she'd get the hang of it. It was only a matter of time and practice. But the water was calling and the ultimate test. Bethany, as soon as her stitches were healed, was itching to get back into that water. So, on November 26th, which was just 26 days after the shark attack, she did exactly that. Bethany got back on the board. She entered her first major surfing competition on January 10th, 
less than three months after the incident. And still only 13. What is this girl made of? I don't know, but I could do a sum in my morning coffee. <laughs> Were her parents really okay with all this? Well, to start off with, it doesn't sound like they had much of a choice, to be honest. But yeah, they were. Her dad was fully on board, to the point he made her a custom surfboard she could hold on to better with one arm and learn to surf again. I mean, it clearly didn't take long as she went back to surfing a standard board not too long afterwards. Also, her surfing compadres were pretty shocked to see her back in competing. They'd assumed that she may never come back, or it would at least be a while. But no, nothing was stopping this powerhouse. She just wanted to get back to her normal routine. Surfing was her passion. There was no hesitation in her movements. She was just as driven as before. The spectators at the national event thought she was nuts. She made it all the way to the finals and won. So she set her eyes on the prize of qualifying for the world tour. But before I go on to that, I said I'd express Alana's feelings about the whole situation. Oh yeah, okay. So Alana was traumatized. She thought Bethany was gonna die in front of her. Also, incidentally, Bethany said in the hospital, all she was thinking about was how glad she was that it was her arm and not Alana's because she loved her so much. Isn't that sweet? That is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, Alana had nightmares for a long time after that. She'd wake up screaming and sweating in the night. Even still to this day, she's terrified of sharks. She was more hesitant than even Bethany getting back into that water. I just wanted to mention that before we move on in Bethany's legacy. Okay. So naturally, someone this incredible doesn't get off that lightly. The media loved everything Bethany stood for and could do. She was swarmed with journalists and interviews. She was even on Oprah and Ellen. Rip Curl and others wanted to sponsor her. She won a Teen Choice Courage Award. She wrote a book, had movies made, and she did public appearances. She's really racking up the once-in-a-lifetime experiences there, isn't she? She certainly is. But the list isn't quite over yet. She also went to help in Thailand after a natural disaster there. She took on absolutely anything that life was willing to chuck her way. And she did it with a smile, excitement and gratitude. She became quite the role model. However, after the dozens and dozens of interviews, things were starting to get repetitive and she was getting bored of it all. She initially enjoyed the attention and was happy speaking to anyone who wanted to talk to her. But after all the publicity, she was away from the water. She wasn't practicing and she wasn't doing what she loved more than anything on this earth. It came at a cost when she lost a competition that Alana won, which any normal person would think Alana would be thrilled, but she knew Bethany was better than her and should have won the qualifiers. She knew Bethany was losing her focus. She wanted to get her friend back to doing what she loved most and thrived at most. Well, she's 14 and being invited onto things like the Ellen Show and the Teen Choice Awards. I know at 14, I would have probably done that. Me too. So when she lost the qualifiers, which is something she had a goal for, she was crushed. She apparently missed it by one point and it was a kick in the gut. It really knocked her confidence. She lost some of her focus and belief in herself and she became a little bit more hesitant. Her friends would win competitions and she wasn't. She was off doing other things and couldn't dedicate the same time to surfing as she had done before. So her skills weren't as good. She was down an arm and struggled to truly contend with others who had two arms and were able to dedicate that time. As time went on, she began to have more financial obligations and surfing sponsorships weren't enough. So she had to do the interviews and the modeling. 
It was during this tumultuous time that Bethany met Adam Dirks, who was a youth minister that she'd met through mutual friends. They grew pretty attached to each other and it was pretty evident to them both early on that they were meant for one another. They did everything together. Nine months in, they were talking about getting married. Oh, if you know, you know. It's true. Also, in the documentary, which I'll let you all know where to find at the end, it said that Bethany didn't tell her family about Adam, but instead showed him off for the first time by turning up a little late to her brother's wedding with Adam on her arm. <laughs> they were all wondering who this guy was because she'd never mentioned a thing, but Bethany was the type of person to make decisions alone, and this was one she made alone. She knew that he was the one. So then, in early 2013, they got engaged. And in August 2013, they got married, surrounded by 300 of their friends and family in Hawaii. Did she get back into surfing? Oh, yes. And there's so much more that this girl has done, it will blow your minds. So she took a break from trying to become a professional surfer due to being occupied with life in general and touring the world for her books and movie premieres and documentaries. She had a lot on her plate. She was an inspiration and everyone wanted to see her. Bethany had a rough time then. She'd had so many obligations and she was just married to Adam. After they married, it was time to reevaluate their lives and see what they wanted from life. Bethany realized she only had limited time to become a professional surfer, and that's where her heart really lay. So, at 23, she decided she was going to commit herself to doing what she wanted to do and get back control of her life. Bethany the powerhouse. She's a machine. Bethany got back into the water, but she was a little rusty. I mean, she still surfed on occasion, but not at a competitive level for a while. The training was tough and grueling and really tested her. There were many times she felt like she'd passed her peak and she'd never get back to where she was. But Adam encouraged her and they took her achievement as their main focus. She also tried to do aerial surfing, which is basically snowboard type tricks, but it's on the waves. It's tough, delicate and calculated work. Bethany wanted to do it and there's no stopping her when she has her mindset to something. She actually trained for it on a trampoline to perfect her technique more quickly than if she was on the waves. Yeah, I guess that's a trick every oh, five minutes with falling and getting back on the board, then trying to catch the wave again. Yeah, and it would be easier to practice the balancing skills for that. Also less exhaustive for your body. Mm-hmm. But after a few tries and only a week on the trampoline, she pulled off her first aerial 360. Once she'd conquered that, she wanted to do barrel waves, which is a big deal and pretty dangerous. They're the waves you picture when you think of someone surfing. Yeah, a curling wall of water. Yes. So she was practicing her surfing and really struggled to get it to work. She kept being taken out by the waves. She couldn't really understand why, but decided that that day was just not her day and she was going to try again later. Only on the boat ride back, she started to feel extremely exhausted and battered and she also began to feel seasick. Oh, I can guess what that is. <laughs> yep, you're one step ahead. Bethany was pregnant. It took several tests to convince her and Adam that she was actually pregnant. How did she feel about that? To be honest, she wasn't thrilled about it at first. She was actually a little devastated and didn't feel ready. She was supposed to be getting a professional career back on track and knew that this was going to be throwing a spanner in those works. I can imagine. She even entered a barrel competition a couple of weeks after finding out. Bethany was invited to attend and agreed. She wasn't sure how she felt and how safe it would be. She knew there'd be risks, so she kept it a secret and entered anyway. She couldn't perform and kept getting wiped out. Eventually, 
With the excitement of her husband and family, Bethany accepted her pregnancy as a gift from God. She probably saw it as a new challenge. She did. At first, it was something that was daunting. How was she going to change its nappy? Dress it, hold it, support its head correctly? You'd be scared to fall with it in your arm too. Terrified. So these were all the things that she was thinking about that put her off being pregnant at first. But after some time to think and process the information, she knew she was going to have to tackle it like she did everything else in life. So, like she did everything else in life, she did a lot of training. She was prepared to thrive during this pregnancy. She wanted to keep surfing. It actually made her a smoother surfer, which she found amusing. It's like those who weight train whilst pregnant. It's apparently okay if you've been doing it the whole time, but it's not great if you suddenly start benching when you find out you're pregnant. Exactly. And she had a fitness coach and a health specialist who coached her while she was pregnant and made sure she stayed healthy and fit and able to surf. Then at about 11pm on May 31st, 2015, she went into labour. Tobias Dirks was born June 1st, 2015. She was thrilled. She absolutely loved him. Every fear she ever had about not being able to do it melted away. That's so nice. I'm sure she was itching to get him on a surfboard. <laughs> Actually, she was itching to get on one herself. She was actually invited to Lowers Pro. It was the competition she'd spent so long trying to get into. So she happily accepted. Just seven weeks after giving birth. What? That is crazy. Yeah, isn't it? She had some practicing to do, with only 14 weeks until the competition. It was a rough start because her body was different and battered after giving birth. It's one thing to be bikini ready. It's another to be surfing competition ready. <laughs> Definitely. But she went anyway, and she brought Tobias with her because she was still nursing him. Is there anything this woman isn't doing? It's just bananas. So she fed him, then got into the water. She performed poorly, which crushed her. But it was too soon after giving birth, and half of her head was with her son on the beach. She felt like she'd failed. Bethany wasn't stopping there. She was then invited to the Fiji Pro. She really buckled down for this competition. She had more time now to train and her body had recovered better. She was taking it by the horns and determined to win. Also, as a side note, her training regime was insane. You can watch it in the documentary. Boulders under the water? Yeah, and then some. So she entered Fiji and her first round was a dud with very little waves to catch. She was going to have to do better in round two. She performed extremely well, getting a score of nine. She won round two. It was down to round three. Her fellow surfers in competition called her a powerhouse. She smashed it. She took a two times world champ, a six times world champ, and the current world champ at the time in her Fiji comeback. Tobias was only a year old. That is so inspiring. No wonder there's movies about her. Nothing short of incredible. She was only 26 years old too. She actually inspired fellow surfers that they could surf and become mothers too because they didn't think it could be done. But they saw her doing it and it made them think that maybe they could actually do it. Bethany then welcomed her second son, Wesley Philip Dirks, on March 27th, 2018. I'm also going to take a slight diversion here and talk about something that is close to Bethany's heart and she felt plays a massive role in her life and ability to overcome obstacles. So Bethany and her family her whole life have been quite religious. And I don't mean that in an extremely conservative way, but God is very much a part of her life. She even went to Thailand, as I mentioned before, to help out the relief from a natural disaster there. She actually taught the local kids to surf and she did all of this with just one arm and a massive drive. They loved her. 
She did hospital visits and always tried to give back, grateful of the opportunities her attack had afforded her. Life to start with, but also the interest and the publicity and things like that. That's just so nice to be driven giving at the same time. She's one of a kind, all right. Bethany continues to surf and enter competitions. She is one of the world's most famous surfers, male or female. She's also super active on social media. I follow her on Instagram for quite a while now and her pictures are awesome. She also does motivation and fitness videos on there. She has a website as well where you can get pretty much every detail about her life you wanted to know with chronological breakdown. So it's pretty cool. She has also had nine books come out. One of those is actually a children's book she did with her husband. The rest are about her story and motivational books. Another is about her relationship with God and how it helps her in her life. Wow, that's a lot of books. It is, isn't it? So I'll share the movies and stuff now. There was a movie called Soul Surfer made in 2011 about Bethany's story with Helen Hunt and Dennis Quaid. It's the one Kenny and I watched and mentioned earlier. It's one of those Hollywood ones, so Bethany looks about 16 rather than 13, but hey, what can you expect? And even though there's a shark attack featured, it was quite wholesome and pleasant. It was. Anyway, apart from that, it's not bad. Probably not one you want for movie night, but one you might switch on whilst ironing or making dinner. The documentary Unstoppable is available on Netflix. This covers very little about her shark attack and covers more about her life from before and after. It's about her achievements since. It's pretty good. The cinematography really makes it worthwhile and there are some pretty breathtaking shots in there. She was also in another film called Dolphin Tale 2, but that's not about her story. She just acts in that one. Interesting fact about the movie Soul Surfer though, so all the surfing stunts were actually performed by the real Bethany. Oh yeah, I remember saying I thought it was her. I know, and I didn't realise until I did more research. Literally, there is tons of information on this girl. I'll give you the name of her top books that might interest some listeners. Soul Surfer, a true story of faith, family and fighting to get back on the board, was written by Bethany in 2004, so that'll probably get you the most detailed version. I haven't read it, so can't really advise, but I'm sure it's got to be good. The reviews were. There was one written by her parents about the shark attack from their perspective that came out in 2011. It's called Raising a Soul Surfer, One Family's Epic Tale. As per usual, you can get them online or at some bookstores. She is quite the inspiration and role model. She only just turned 30 years old, so who knows what she has yet to accomplish. I'm sure she's not going to slow down anytime soon. I don't think she would know how. Me either. She's something else. And that's all I have for this week and the story of Bethany Hamilton. Wow, that was great. I'm sure we could all take some kind of inspiration from Bethany's story. A remarkable story. She really is something else. Mm-hmm. Isn't she just? I hope you've all enjoyed the 10th episode of the Not Me, Not Today podcast. If you haven't left us a review on Facebook or your favourite podcast app, don't be shy. We'd really appreciate it. We've got some really exciting things coming up over the next few months too, so keep in touch, everybody. Like, share and subscribe. And if you'd like to get in touch, notmenottodaypodcast at gmail.com is the best place to catch us. Until next week, stay alive. Bye. Bye. Not Me, Not Today podcast.